to talk to you about something tonight. It's very close to my heart. Um, and I'm really trusting in God to give me even more revelation as we study this tonight. Is the topic of blessing. How many, how many want to how many want to have God's blessing on your life? Let me see your hand. Okay. I'm gonna ask you again because obviously there's some people not listening. How, how many people want the blessing of God on your life? Okay. That's the problem. That's the problem. No, let me listen to me. Hear me out here, okay? You're looking for it in the future. I just said to my wife, I'm served, saved 38 years, right? She said, yeah, we figured it out 1984 till now. I can honestly say before God, I don't think there's ever been one time that I've ever played, prayed for God to bless us because we've always walked in blessing. Now, now listen to me. I want you to get this because if I don't, if I don't throw some of this stuff at you tonight, you're going to sit here and go, that's nice. The blessing is not something to be pursued. It's something to walk in. Most Christians will say, either in some form, a paraphrase, uh, pray for me, pray for me that God will bless me. Are you a Christian? Are you born again? Let me see your hands. Are you born again? Okay, you, you received Christ. The life of God is in you. You're blessed. You have the blessing on your life. And you see, what's, what's happening, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but we'll go back into it, is the average Christian is looking for something in the future because they don't realize that they have not yet defined it accurately yet. I, I don't expect you to understand it 100%. So that's why I put this teaching together, okay? But listen to me. The blessing is something you walk in. It is not something, well, if I do this, he's going to do this. Now, we know the promises of God are conditional, yes or no? People get mixed up when you talk about this. They don't like to hear this, okay? Because they mix up the promises of God with the love of God. The love of God is what? Unconditional. He'll love you all the way to the gates of hell. There's not a person that's gone to hell that God did not love. He loved them all the way, all the way to hell. But he loves them, so he honored their choice to go someplace where he's not. And the only place in the universe where he's not is hell. So when a person says, I don't want God, I don't want you, God, I don't want you in my life, I, I reject this stuff, I don't believe this stuff, when that person dies, there's only one place for their spirit to go can't go to heaven, and it can't stay here. Yes or no? So the only place in the universe is is where? In hell. Okay? What was I talking about? The what? The promises of God versus the love of God. Now, watch this now, and I'm going to explain some things, and then we'll fill in the blanks as we go along. Okay, this is important, because many individuals are missing out on an experience with God because they're, they're measuring the experience by their experience. You listening? Okay, so the love of God is unconditional, yes or no? Yes. He loves us with an everlasting love, according to Jeremiah. And honestly, if you really go into translation, he, he loves us with an eternal love. In other words, he loved us before anything existed. He already said, I'm going to love Keith. No matter what Keith does, no matter, I'm going to love whoever, Darlene, I'm gonna, before anything existed. So when it says in Jeremiah that uh, he's loved us with an everlasting, it's really he's loved us with an eternal love. That love was committed way before you were even thought of. Okay. But now, the promises of God are conditional. Now, let me stay on track with this, okay? The promises of God are conditional. Let, let me put it to you this way. Let me, let me give you the, the one example that everyone can relate to. Everybody wants to go to heaven, yes? yes? 
We all want to go to heaven, right? Any person you would stop on the street right now, you would say to them, listen, when you die, do you want to go to hell or go to heaven? Most people would say, if they're in their right mind, I want to go to heaven. But is entrance into heaven unconditional? No, absolutely not. His love is unconditional, but the promise of eternal life is conditional. John 3, 16. Ready? One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, there's the condition, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. You getting this? So, this theory that some people entertain, and I hope nobody in here does because it's completely unbiblical. Well, everybody goes to heaven when they die. Oh, oh, no. If that was the case, then why did Jesus go to the cross? And Jesus would have a major complaint with God the Father and say, what did you make me go through all this for if they can get in regardless? Yes or no? So keep this straight. The love of God is unconditional. The promises of God are conditional. You have to cooperate with him. Okay? Nobody went to heaven kicking and screaming. A person goes because they're cooperating. You listening to me? You and I have to cooperate with God. But now watch this now. On the other side of things, now now listen to me clearly because I don't want you to get this wrong. As it pertains to blessing, the condition for walking in blessing is being born again, is being connected to God, is being in covenant with God. As soon as you're in covenant with God, you are walking in the blessing. Now, whether you're appropriating it or not, that's up to you. Are you catching this? Every, no matter what Christian you would talk to and say, do you want to be blessed? Yes, I want to have blessing. I want to walk in blessing. Yeah. So why do we want to walk in blessing? Because God's blessing is the ultimate good that we as disciples should, should long for. We want God to bless our homes. We want God to bless us with good health. We want job security. We want good fellowship and relationships. We want, we want a good church. We want all these things. Most of all, we want the blessing of God himself. Listen to me. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit abiding in you, you have the blessing of God on your life already. Okay? His presence, his forgiveness, his power over sin, and his guidance, all of those things are connected to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the blessing of God on your life. Stop looking for something that you think you don't have. Because you see, if you think you don't have something, you're not going to appropriate it because you don't think you have it. You listening to me? If you think that something that you need is in your future you have no awareness of it that you're walking in it now. All right, let's go to some scriptures. Maybe that'll clear it up. All right, Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 12. Did did, did any of this intrigue you tonight? I I hope it has, because I really want to nail this thing down. Why? Because if you would really realize how much blessing you're really walking in, you would have so much greater um, appreciation for what Jesus did on the cross for the Holy Spirit in your life, for God the Father adopting you as a child. You listening? Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people. In other words, bring them into the promised land. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So so Moses is not aware yet of how God's going to bring this whole thing to pass. He has an idea, but he's not sure. Yet you have said... I know you by name. This is God talking to Moses. Now, Moses is reminding God what he's spoken to him. I know you by name, and you also have found grace in my sight. Moses is reminding God, you know me by name. We've talked face to face, and your favor is upon my life, okay? Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say, what? that's the same one, verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray. If I have found grace in your sight. He just told God, you said that I found grace in your sight. 
So what is this? This is an example of someone who has something but is not really aware of it, so is looking for something and praying for something in the future. And if I was God, I would have said, you know what, I'm not listening to you anymore. Because obviously you're not paying attention to anything I say to you. Because Moses, you already have found grace in my sight. You already have my favor upon your life. We talk face to face. We've had a great relationship. Why are you now asking me these things? But thank God, I'm not God. (laughs) Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. This is the man who saw the Red Sea part. That I may know you, and that I may found grace in your sight, and consider this nation as your people. Next verse. And he said, you talk about the patience of God. You talk about the long-suffering of God, the endurance of God. Look what happens here. And he's, God doesn't rebuke him. God doesn't say, what are you, what's the matter with you? Are you, you losing it? Did you forget who I am, Moses? What does God say? My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is how most Christians live. We've seen in the word that God loves us. We've seen in the word that God favors us. We've seen in the word that God has mercy on us. We've seen in the word that God has grace for us, empowers us, his life is in us, yet we still ask the same, without being nasty, the same stupid questions when we pray. Now, he had an excuse. He's in the Old Testament. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. You and I have no excuse to conduct ourselves this way. It's almost like when the angel said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for something in the future that you already have and it's in you? And obviously you're not walking in it because you don't think you have it. Yes or no? Yes. Is there another verse after this? Then he said to him, if your presence, look at this now. Now Moses is wising up. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. What's he saying now? Okay, I realize I've got your favor, got your grace. We have a great relationship. We speak face to face. But listen to me. If you don't come with us, I'm not going anywhere. You know what most of us do? We start going. And on our way there, when we realize, oh, it's a little tougher than when God, where are you? God, where are you? At least he had enough sense to say, if you don't go with us, I ain't going anywhere. This is where we are, and this is where we'll stop. Moses understood now at this point that the greatest blessing that God the Father, El Shaddai, the provider who could be with us, the all-nourishing one, the one who provides all of our needs, is wonderful, but his presence is worth more than anything. His presence. I have seen the presence of God do things in my own life and the lives of others in a split second that would take decades to work out in our own lives. His presence. Seek his presence. Value his presence. Let's reverence his presence. Can I keep going? Okay, so what's one of the best ways? that we can reverence his presence, seek his presence, crave his presence. Get here before the service starts. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm saying this for you. I'm here already. I'm here an hour before the service. I'm not saying this for me. And it's not because I want to see all the seats fill. But what happens is when you come late, and I know things happen. We raised four kids. We had to bring four of them to church every week. We know what it's like. We understand that it's difficult sometimes. But I would say to you, if you really desire his presence, then make sure you put quality time into getting here before the worship starts. Why? Because the worship is the part of the service that's for him. You listening to me? Everything else in the service is for us. Everything else we do in the service is for us. The announcements, the taking the offering, the, the word being taught. 
That's for us. We, we get enriched by these things. The only part of the service that we're offering to him is the part of worship. And don't give me this stuff, please. You don't, can I talk honest tonight? Can I talk like I don't really need to worry about hurting this person and offending that one? I'm going to, you know, let me just be quiet and go ahead. Listen to me. If you want to really, truly desire to seek his presence, then do what you have to do to seek his presence. And please, this is what I started to say before, and I was like, ah, do I do this, do I not? Don't, don't, don't sit there, and whether you say it to me or somebody else, well, I worship God on my own. Oh, I would love to put a camera in your house. Okay, because most of us do not. We think we do but we don't. So for most of us, most of us, and I'm throwing myself in there too, for most of us, the only time we really set aside to worship God is that service, the, the worship service portion of our weekend service. Now, on Wednesday nights here, we don't do it anymore because there's so much, there's only so much our worship team can do. With three campuses, one up in Wall, one in Bayville, one here, our worship team is, is spread thin. Okay, maybe in the future, if we have some more uh, people that join the team, maybe we can go back to doing worship on Wednesday nights. Okay, but the only time we really have to, man, this is so different than my notes. I wish you could come up here and read them so they would see. <laughs> the only time that we actually set apart to corporately worship God is that 20, 25 minutes once a week. And, and, that's, and that's if you're here every Sunday. Or Saturday, okay? Now, now the average individual today, not you, because you guys are Wednesday night people. You're here because you really want to be here. It's not, well, I went to church Sunday. I feel so good now. It's not Wednesday nights. You're making an effort to be here. Uh, my wife would rather be watching the Yankee game right now, but she made an effort. She put her Yankee game on hold. And, 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 and three of our grandsons are at Yankee Stadium right now, so she, I know she wanted to be home looking on TV. Oh, there they are. But what I'm saying is, you made an effort to come out on a Wednesday night, which says you want to be here, okay? But listen to me. His presence, if he never does another thing for any of us, as Moses is like, I see it now. You're with me. But let me just say this to you, God. If you're not going with us, I would rather stay right here in the desert eating manna, eating what is it? Because, you know, that's what that means, right? Manna, what is it? I would rather be here eating what is it, out in the open, out exposed to the elements, than to be without you someplace in a beautiful mansion somewhere. And that is one of the lessons that we as Christians had better learn. That blessing has nothing to do with outside appearance. Anybody with, with enough credit can buy anything and make it look like the appearance of blessing on their life. I'd never forget years and years and years ago, and if I was having a private conversation with Pastor Joy, he would remember the person I'm talking about. Somebody who was like a, a spiritual dad to me when I first got saved would stop by my business, talk to me, encourage me. Uh, you know, hear my, hear my rantings. You know, when you're first born again, you have all kinds of ideas about God. He was very patient with me. And then, and one day I found out well, he was putting a pool in the house and a big addition on his house and bought a new car. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's really blessed. And then somebody heard me talking about this and said, the guy just got like a second mortgage on the house and he's, he's loaded up to here with debt. See, the appearance on the outside was what? A blessing. But there's a scripture, and I, I hope to get it, get to it tonight. In Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs chapter 10, that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. I think it's 1022, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Sounds about right. Yeah, Proverbs 1022. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I'll get to that um, at some point. But right now, we want to establish this thing. Stop looking for things 
to be the evidence of God's blessing on your life. This is something that we as faith people, how many would you consider yourself a faith person? Okay, okay, this is all I know. When I got born again, I got born again, and what most of you have never heard this term probably in, in this day and age, I was born again in a church which was categorized as a word of faith church. Now, for those of you that spend all your time online looking up all these groups, you've probably gotten a bad taste in your mouth about that stuff, but trust me, you're only getting uh, extremes and things that people who were influenced by the Word of Faith movement took them and ran with them and made them something that the Word of Faith is not, okay? So me, being born again, I thought every Christian in the world that was born again knew who Brother Kenneth Hagin was, read all his books, sat under his teachings, all this other kind of stuff, and I thank God that I did. I thank God that I did. And the emphasis is on the blessing that comes from the Word of God. The emphasis is on having faith in the promises of God to bring to pass in your life the things that God, that God would want you to be walking in so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Is, is, that, is that clear enough? Is it clear enough? Okay. So, so my whole um, perspective of Christianity has, and the Word of God has always come from the, the uh, or through the lens of God wants us blessed. Jesus died on the cross for us to be blessed. Now, now most people misinterpret that as, oh, so it's the health and wealth gospel. Um, well, yes and no. But Jesus did say the thief comes to kill, steal, destroy. I have come that they may have what? Life and have it. The original language, superabundance. So in a sense, yeah, why is that? Because if you go back to the very basics, Jesus came to undo what Adam lost. Adam lost his awareness of God's presence. Adam lost the blessing of the garden. Adam lost the blessing of provision because of choices he made. Now, you'll see that God still was involved in his life. You'll see that God was still involved in his children's life, even though one, one son killed the other brother, okay? Uh, most, religion, most religious people would make you think that God absolutely took his hands off of mankind off that. No, no, no. You read it. Go read Genesis 3, but more importantly, go read Genesis 4, because Genesis 4 starts out with God addressing Cain. Like, listen, you're on a bad track here. Now, this is after the fall. This is not before the fall. This is after the fall. So most religious people would say, well, that's it. No, mankind, God wanted nothing to do with him because he was a sinner. No, no, no. God now visits the next generation and comes to Cain and say to him, I know, I'm paraphrasing, I know what's in your heart, okay? You better back off because sin is crouching. This is the literal language. He says, sin is crouching almost to pounce, like, like an animal uh, that's going to pounce on its prey. He said, sin is crouching at the door waiting for you. But if you do right, you'll avoid this. And we know he didn't do right. So my, my point in saying all that is God has never, never distanced himself from us. We, mankind, lost our awareness of him, and we distanced ourselves from him. What's one of the basic promises that God's ever made to mankind? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So it's impossible that God completely took his hand off of mankind because of what Adam did. You think that caught God by surprise? You think God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and when Adam did that, God the Father went to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God, I didn't see that one coming. That did not happen. How do we know that? Because he had a plan of salvation to bring blessing back on mankind. Are you listening to me? Now, that's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. You're in covenant. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and when I say believer, if you have prayed a simple prayer and declared your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he did die on the cross for our sins, that God did raise him from the dead, then you are a child of God. Being a child of God 
entitles you to all the benefits of being in covenant with the creator of the universe, who is love, who possesses all resources that you're ever going to need and every generation after you. Now, would you agree that he's a good father? I didn't even get into these notes yet. You listening to me? He's a good father. Yes or no? Okay. So would a good father, would a good father say, I got this for you, but you can't have it. You're not good enough. Maybe if you say this, or maybe if you did that, or maybe if you lit 20,000 candles, or maybe if you flipped 20,000 beads, or, or, or maybe if you gave to the poor, or maybe if you went and fed the, fed the hungry, maybe, maybe then. Now, is it good for us to feed the hungry? Yes. Is it good for us to clothe the naked? Yes. Is it good for us to house the homeless? Yes. Pro- but is that a method to get to heaven? No. no. We do it because we're going to heaven. Because we know that we have the blessing of God on our lives, we want to be conduits. We don't want to be a cistern. We don't want to be a hole in the ground that just keeps taking it, taking it, taking it, taking it, taking it. We want it to come in and go out, come in and go out. Pastor Matt talked about it tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, okay? He gives bread to eat and seed to sow, okay? I will guarantee, oh, Lord Jesus, I will guarantee you this. I can tell whether you are aware of walking in the blessing of God in your life, determined by whether you're a giver or not. And I'm not just talking about here at church. It's easy to give at church. Why? Because you get a tax deduction for it. Are you a giver? Are you, are you, is it automatic for you to look for how you're going to bless somebody? Does that come automatic to you? If, it, if it's got to be well, and nobody ever says this, well, let's see, what's in it for me? If I give this and... Don't even think about it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, the more natural it is for you to share what you have, give what you have, give sacrificially, the more natural, I'm telling you this for you to gauge yourself, the more natural you are at doing that is going to show how very much aware you are that you are already blessed. In 38 years that I've been born again, and all the years that we've been together since then, in 38 years of us being, well, you got saved a year and a half later, but still, uh, when I got saved, it kind of brought the hand of God on the whole family, on the life, on the whole household. We have, we have never done without anything that we actually needed. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? You know, I've heard you share your testimony that you were in bankruptcy, lost everything you had. I lost everything I had. I didn't lose everything... I didn't lose Jesus in my heart. I remember having a conversation with a family member just as we were about to go into bankruptcy. No, I'm sorry. We were in bankruptcy. We were in foreclosure just as the house was going to go on the sheriff's sale. Why aren't you? In other words, the the conversation was this. How come you're not crazy? How come you're not out of your mind with concern? and I said, it's just stuff. But you're losing your house. A house is just a bunch of two-by-fours put together in the right way. They make them all the time. It can take everything, but they can't take Jesus from us. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so listen, when Paul says, I know what it's like to be a base, and I know what it's like to abound, and, you know, abounding is a whole lot better, we know exactly what that means, okay? Now, I know there's many of you out here, but listen, we have never, ever entertained the slightest thought that maybe because something we kind of wanted, okay, that wasn't showing up at that time, never did the thought ever enter our minds, oh my God, the blessing of God's not on our life. No, no, because we were determined, and to this day still live this way. If I need it, you're going to bring it. He does. And he does. Oh, but you don't understand something here. Now, now, we're going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of this ministry in, this, in September. Okay? No, you, you, don't, don't clap. I don't want to waste time because the clock has gone back there. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. 25 years ago, especially this time of the year, 25 years ago, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. 
And I got two major witnesses here, right here, one on the front row and one standing on the back there. We just about had enough money to move back to New Jersey from Tulsa, Oklahoma after we graduated Bible school. Okay? But have we ever done without? No. Now, everything we had, we put on the line. If you're going to gamble, go big. <laughs> go, to the, go big or go home. But you see, we knew we weren't gambling. We knew that God was wanting us to show how much we trust him. And we knew we had a promise from God. My grandchildren, uh, some of my grand, our grandkids are here from Arizona. They're staying with us now. They're older now. They're starting to put things together that they used to take for granted. They really never thought about anything. So we took them out to breakfast the other day, the two younger ones. And um, the youngest one, River, says, uh, now, mind you, they've been gone for almost two years now, okay? Now, many of you know that their dad was a major part in this ministry for many, many, for, since day one. But they were too young to understand that. So the little one says, Papa, so you created new beginnings? And I'm like, oh, calm down there, buddy. <laughs> I explained to him, no, no, this is something that God placed in our heart. The Lord spoke to us. Now, I'm hoping he understands that. I think he does. The Lord spoke to us and dropped that in our hearts, that if we would follow him, and that if we would never, never doubt him, that he would always supply everything we need to accomplish what he called us to do. And that's something to this day, we still, when we pray, Father, you said, you're going to supply everything we need to accomplish what, you, what you're calling us to do. Now, here we are. 25 years later, three campuses, okay, uh, a, a food ministry that has fed hundreds of thousands since, it's, since it was started, okay? Um, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how, but watch this now. I'll guarantee you this. None of this would have happened if I would have been... Are you going to bless us, God? Are you going to bless God? Are you going to bless? Because I know you said, like Moses, you said you want us to bring up this people. You said you wanted us to start a church here in Brick. But but are you really going to do it? Are you going to bless us? Are you going to God? Are you going to supply what we need, God? Are Are you going to give us the chairs and Are you going to give us a place to meet and 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 I, and I really wish some of you could have been here in the early days. This man was when we were so excited, it was so excited uh, about three or four months after we started the church because we were sitting on cold, hard metal folding chairs in the school down the street here. And man, in the wintertime? <laughs> so, so there was a, a, a store that existed back then, and most of you youngsters might not remember this. Right over here, down over here, it was called, uh, was it Rickle or Channel? Which one was over here? Was it Rickles or Channel? Channel. Rickles and Channel. Rickles was... Rickles was in the... Uh, that it was Rickles. That's what I'm talking about. That's big shopping center there where the Marine place is, where Michael works. All right, Rickles. They're going out of business. They're selling folding chairs for five bucks a piece. Padded ones. I was like, oh, my God, let's take whatever money we have. And went and bought these folding chairs. And when we sat on them... I knew why they were five bucks a piece. <laughs> Everybody in the congregation looked like they were so anxious to hear the word because the chairs were all leaning forward. <laughs> Am I right? But they were ours. And God showed his faithfulness. At least if we're going to lean forward, it only costs us five bucks. You understand what I'm saying? Should we get into the word? Oh, they're long gone. <laughs> You're talking 24 years ago. So what's blessing? Blessing is to be spoken well of, to release good will to another. It's the goodness of God imparted to the believer. 
So, is there any truth to the idea that God wants everyone blessed? I believe so. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God did what? Bless them, okay? And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So right away, we see in chapter 1 that God desires to bless us. Or, or I shouldn't even say it that way. That God has released blessing already over his creation. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. And let me tell you something. In my early Christian life, Deuteronomy 28, man, there, didn't, there wasn't a church service that went by or a worship service that went by that we weren't reading Deuteronomy 28. It was like, man, this is mandatory. You don't even walk in a building unless you know De- Deuteronomy 28. Go read it for yourself. I'm only going to read one verse here. The Lord God, the Lord will command the blessing on you, the blessing on you, the blessing on you. Would you say that with me? The blessing on you. Doesn't say God's going to command blessings and the blessings of this and blessings of that. Now he goes, he talks about some of the blessings later on in the chapter, but they're all contained in the what? Blessing. Uh, the Lord God will command blessings on you in your storehouses and in all at which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Amen. Blessing, 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 blessing. All right, go, I challenge you. Uh, maybe I'll teach on that in the future. Deuteronomy 28, we can spend weeks on. The first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28 are the blessings it's only one problem. There's 64 verses in the chapter. Am I right, Don? Am I right? I thought you were checking up on me. <laughs> Last time I read the Bible, there were 64 verses in chapter 28. So the first 14 are the blessings. The ble- blessed are you in the city. Blessed are you. 68. There's even more. Okay. Okay. So they must have added four verses since then. <laughs> but listen to me. The first 14 verses are blessing. It starts in verse 15. But if you don't do what God asks us to do in the first verse, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And man, there's some horrible ones there. I mean, it covers everything. Everything. Even hemorrhoids. (laughs) Everything. Psalm 36, verse 27. Let them, which is really us, Shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Not spectator. Servant. Not, but, but I'm coming to church. I'm paying my tithes. He delights in the prosperity of his servants. So, Ephesians chapter 1. I wanted to get to this really early in the teaching, but Ephesians chapter 1. This, this, this settles it. When I read this decades ago, it totally confirmed why I should never pray for God's blessing on my life. Look at this. You, are, you, are, you, are you watching? Now, look, if you have your Bible, look in your Bible. If you have your phone app, look at there because I want you to see it for yourself, not just because we put it on the screen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Now, before we read this, I want, you to, I want you to know something. The book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians are where you're going to find the most, the, the most instruction, the most definition, the most descriptions of what the church is all about. You want to know who you are as a Christian? You read the book of Ephesians. You want to know what the church is all about? You read the book of Ephesians. When you read Colossians, you realize, oh, wow, this sounds just like Ephesians. Yeah, 
that's done intentionally, okay? So the book of Ephesians explains a lot about who we are in Christ that you don't get in some of the other letters. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read the yellow letters with me nice and loud. One, two, three. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Who, who will someday, if I'm good and if I do extra credit. No, what does it say? That word has. Is that future tense? Is it present tense? It's what? Past. Who has blessed us. You catching this? Who, who has, but in other words, it's a done deal. You're in this, you're in the body of Christ, you're a child of God, you've got his blessing. There's no use, there's no need for you to do a tap dance. There's no need for you to say, look at God, God, look at how busy I am, look at all I'm doing. No, that's wonderful to do that. Okay, but listen, stop looking for something in the future that he already granted to you in the past before you were even conceived. All praise to God, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Where are they? In the heavenly realms. Why do we have access to it? Because we are what? United with Christ. You're already blessed. That's why so many times I'm going to say, how many blessed people do I have here? And some people go, well, I couldn't pay my mortgage this month. I better not put my hand up. Or I just went to the doctor the other day and gave me a bad report. I better not put my hand up. You have his presence. He's with you. It's not, you're not blessed because you're wealthy. You're not blessed because you're healthy. You're not blessed because you're prospering in some area or the other. You're, not, you're blessed because you're a child of God. Amen. Are you getting this? Yes. Verse 4. Even before he made the world. Now I'm, living, I'm, I'm, I'm reading to you from the New Living Translation. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through who? Jesus Jesus Christ, Messiah Christ, Messiah. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, who has poured out on us, who has poured out on us, who belong to his dear son. You are blessed because you belong to his dear son. His blessing is already poured out on you. Now it's up to you to receive that and it's up to you to walk in it. Are you listening to me? Let's go back to the very first example of this, okay? I want to take my time with this teaching. Is that okay? If I don't finish tonight, we'll do some more next week. All right? Very first example of this concept. Genesis chapter 1. Can everybody repeat that? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes? What happens in verse 2? And the, and, and, yeah, and the earth became, do we have it up there? And the earth, well, well, see, in our English language, because we're so lacking, it says, and the earth was formless and empty. Well, how did it get formless? Because it wasn't formless when God created it, because God creates everything in perfection, yes or no? Yes. So we don't know what happened. When we get to heaven, let's all meet at some spot <laughs> and go to, jo- go to God the Father and say, could you tell us what happened between verse 1 and verse 2? <laughs> we don't know. I know plenty of people speculate. Some people have kinds of theories and stuff. When we get there, we'll find out. But it's extremely obvious that something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Because God, when he... Oh, God, I almost slipped. God, after verse 3, and when goes into the days of creation, declares everything good. Formless, and, real, and, and honestly, if you read it in the original language, it talks about chaos. God doesn't create anything in chaos. Does he? No. But, uh, Paul, Paul reveals to us that God is not the author of confusion. Okay? So, so something happened between verse, and, verse 1 and verse 2. Plenty of theories. 
We only have what information we have. When we get to heaven, we'll meet someplace on the corner and go, okay, let's go talk to him. Okay. So the earth was without form or became, became without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was Come on. Let's say it. Let's say it. Let's say it. Let's say it. What was the Spirit of God doing? Come on, let's hover. What's he doing? He's hovering. Okay. He's hovering over what? Face of the deep where there's what? Darkness and chaos. Now, we don't know how long that state existed. We don't know how long the darkness was over the earth. We don't know how long darkness is over the deep. We don't know. It could have been millions of years. We don't know. But then at some point, next verse, then God said. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Then God said. What did he say? And what happened? Light was. Where the, who brought the light into existence? Who's hovering over the deep? The Holy Ghost. Now, let me ask you a question. Where's the Holy Ghost today? And he's doing what over the chaos and the darkness in your life? Waiting for someone to do what? Speak. You catching this? So the blessing of God, according to Ephesians, has been poured out on us. So in a very real sense, picture that, just like you picture the Holy Spirit hovering like a what? Didn't you say that before? Like a, like a, like a chicken, like a, a hen over a nest, hovering, hovering, okay? That same grace, that same mercy, that same which is included in the blessing is hovering over your life, waiting for you to acknowledge it. Yet we keep walking with darkness and we keep walking and we keep, we keep acknowledging the, the darkness. We keep acknowledging the chaos. We go, God, please bless me. God, please bless me. And God's going, just talk. Stop crying. Stop begging. Stop, looking, stop making me look bad. Stop making, cause, no, because there's nothing worse when we, when we pray stupid in front of lost people. They're looking for us to walk in stability. We're like, oh, God, please blow God. Oh, God, how could you? Oh, this is enough. Don't ever do this in front of me because I think I'll lose it. God, how could you let this happen to me? Don't ever pray like that ever. You listening? I got to stop. I got a few more minutes. So what we're going to talk about next time we meet is four primary reasons why God wants us to live out of that blessing. Now, you can't live out of that blessing if you're not aware of a couple of things. Number one, you have to be aware that you're already blessed, and I think I established that tonight. I hope I did anyway. But you also have to be aware of the promises that he's made known to us already. And in the Old Testament, the concept was, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Is that true? Yeah. But is it true that it's a mystery to us? No, because in the New Testament, Paul writes, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the, thing, the good things that God does for us. But if you're not aware of the good things that God has done for us, in other words, if you're not aware of that your salvation is way more than you not going to hell, then how do we walk in this stuff? Because, you know, it might not be anybody here tonight, but there are some Christians, and I say Christians, People have prayed that prayer out of a sincere heart, but still walking around guilty and condemned. And that person doesn't really understand salvation. Now, I'm not talking about conviction. I'm talking about condemnation, guilt, which the enemy will always use. 
The enemy will always bring up to you, what, look what you did, and what about what you said, and how you treated that person, and how, look at the way you did, look at, the, look at what you did, look what you did. God never says that. God takes us by the hand to lead us out of this junk. You listening? So there's some things we need to be aware of. Now, um, do you mind if I skip ahead to an area just in case some of you don't make it next Wednesday? Okay, and we'll cover it again then next Wednesday. But I, I felt like this is something I really wanted to talk about. You see, because one of the areas that we need to be aware of and be alert to, God wants us blessed so that we can be free from the cares of this world so that we can love him, and I'm going to add this, and serve others undistracted. How many have ever been under some type of pressure, financial pressure, uh, health pressure, something with medical problem, relational thing, and it just completely has, it preoccupies your time to the point where you feel like it's like you got gnats around your head. You just can't, you can't even see anything else. You, see, see, let me explain this to you, or let me ask you this question. How much good can you do to somebody else when you're in that position? No, your first thought is, I got enough of my own problems right now. Yes or no? Yes. It's like, God, you can't expect me to. But he's expecting us to be able to see through the gnats, put it aside, and still go do what he tells us to do. But watch this now. He doesn't want us distracted. He wants us focused. I believe that's why the Lord, 26 years ago, spoke something to my heart and my wife's heart exactly the same time at a, at a meeting that we're at, a big... Um, how many know what a camp meeting is? Okay, everybody comes together and have speakers and special speakers. You have worship. It's extended services. In one of those services, the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to her at the same time. I mentioned this before. This is what I heard. Now, this is a year before we're going to go into ministry. Well, full-time, you know, in the church, start the church. Uh, don't ever ask me for anything you need. You just keep thanking me because I've already provided for everything you're going to need in order to accomplish what I called you to do. Okay? And we've, that's how we've lived since then. That's how we've lived since then. Okay. So, where was I going with that? What did I say before that? Yes. Didn't want, want, watch this now. Can you imagine, how do I start a church, not in the middle of the Bible Belt where you've got a church on every corner, how do I start a church here in the Northeast if I'm going to be distracted by finances, uh, relational issues, uh, worries and concerns about this thing and the other thing? It's almost impossible to do. When God calls you to do something, you've got to be rock solid. Jesus even had to walk this out in his ministry. They were all telling him, no, we're not going to let you go to Jerusalem. It says he set his face like flint. He, was the, he had to stay focused. Look, this is enough I'm carrying here. I got to go to this cross. Peter, I'll deal with you later. James, John, I'll deal with you later. Stop fighting. Stop worrying about who's going to be first. Uh, it's just, I, I got to stay focused here. Even Jesus had to stay focused. We have to stay undistracted, but now watch this now, because this blessing thing can hit us at a left field and not, un, and not, and, and not be a blessing, turn out to be a curse. Because if you're not careful, when I say careful, I don't mean loaded down with care. If you're not alert, and if you're not discerning, and discernment is way more than what you see with your eyes, discernment is what you're getting in here. Sometimes we get involved in things that look really good, and we might even make investments financially into something, and it turns out to be nothing but a distraction. But we're walking it like, it's the blessing of God. <laughs> the blessing of God. <laughs> and then it takes you, years later you realize, we just went through this, and thank God this was a short period, about a year and a half ago. I may have mentioned this at one point or another. There was a piece of property in town that we were going after, okay? It would have going to give us a much bigger uh, facility, much more parking, the whole bit. And as soon as it became available, and it became available almost like you would say, wow, this is God, this is miraculous that, this, that we're even having the opportunity for this. But I remember saying to the ones closest to me, I am not so sure 
that if this is direction or if this is distraction. And so I was very measured about how much, I was, how much time, how much energy I was going to invest in this. Now, there's sometimes you don't know until you put your feet in it. Anybody, does anybody here know what I'm talking about? There's sometimes you just, you got to put your feet in it, then you'll know. This turned out to be a major distraction. But thank God it had limited effect on us because I fell for those things in the past. And then there's something about when you go through something, you pick up the anointing for the next time if you're willing to learn. No experience has to be a loss in this life. You're either going to learn from it or it's going to cost you. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you go to school without tuition? Most of the time you can't. So when there is loss involved, stop, stop beating yourself up. Just say to yourself, that was my tuition to learn this lesson. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Because no. I'm either going to pay with money to learn this or I'm going to pay with life experience and time. So you never have to walk away from anything with a loss. You can get the gold out of every situation. You learn. You learn. Turn to somebody and say, you learn. you learn. Now, if you keep making the same stupid mistakes, then you didn't learn anything. So here's what I want to tell you, and then we're going to stop for tonight. You must be aware. That was the scripture that I went to before, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. There's been plenty of times I've had to go to my wife and go, we're not getting rich, and I got a whole bunch of sorrow. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. And so you're able to back out. Now, one thing that will stop you from backing out, can anybody guess what that is? Who just said that? Pride. Your pride. Now, why is that dangerous? Because there's a principle in the Word of God, and it never fails. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So it's once you recognize, oh, man, oh, no, this is not God. This is not God. And, and, and the inside is like, eh, 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 Get out, get out, get out. Once you recognize that, at least humble yourself. Why? So that God's grace can come. Oh, my gosh. God's grace can come and lift you up out of that situation. But if you dig, what most people do, Christian, non-Christian, they dig their heels in. They'll lose everything just not to admit that they made a mistake. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Distractions. Distractions. You listening? Now, the danger comes, well, here, here, say about wisdom and, and discernment. James chapter 1, verse 5, how many people come and say, Pastor, I need wisdom. Pray for me. No, I'm afraid. I'm not going to pray. James 1, 5. Bye. See you later. <laughs> James 1, 5. What does James 1, 5 say? If any, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. And he'll what? He'll receive it. I have, oh my God, I pray that prayer so many times, so many times. Why? Because every day is a new day. Every day we're going to face things we didn't face the, the day before. Every season of life, we're going to face things we didn't face before. Okay? I've never been 66 years old before. I've never been in the season, I've never been the lead pastor of a church for 25 years. I've never been having to face and having to deal with situations now. You've never been in a post-pandemic situation. Well, uh, I'm calling it post-pandemic. <laughs> Everything changed. Nothing's the same. People, the way people think is different. People that you thought had everything together, now you're seeing, you're like, ooh. Am I, is it just me or what? Okay. Never before have we lived in a society that you couldn't trust one word that comes out of the media. Can't do it. Go right ahead. Let me know how it works for you. You better develop the discernment of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you because you don't know what's coming tomorrow. 
I wish I would have got a, like a really nice hallelujah or something like that. <laughs> something like preach it, pastor. <laughs> Are you listening? So listen, I'm going to say this and then we're going to wrap this up for tonight. Can I just have maybe three more minutes? Good. See, the danger comes when you're spending so much time chasing a blessing because you don't know how to define the blessing. Because how will you know when you got it if you, keep, you don't know what it is? Listen, it can't be defined by things, accumulated stuff. If you're defining blessing on your life or blessing on somebody else's life because they got a bunch of stuff, big bank accounts, you don't, you don't know what blessing is. You don't know what blessing is. Because there's no blessing apart from him. There's none. And man, I'm feeling it again. When I put these notes together, when I came to this portion here, I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I'm feeling it all over again. There's no blessing in things without him. Being blessed is knowing that you can still praise him apart from your possessions, your physical health, your well-being. Habakkuk chapter 3. I wish I had an organ player behind me right now. Habakkuk chapter 3. Hallelujah. 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 You see, you can't, you got to preach this one. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of, of the olive may fail. In other words, even if your olive trees don't produce anything, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Next verse. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Stand up, everybody. You better be able to worship God. You better be able to praise God. You better be able to shout. You better be able to have joy regardless of what's going on, regardless whether there's no food in the refrigerator, whether the electric is shut off. You better still be able to praise God. Can, can I get a couple of people to praise God? Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Father, we worship you. Come on, open up your mouths. Father, we worship you. Father, we thank you. Father, we declare your goodness. Father, we declare your faithfulness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Glory. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. Doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside, Lord. We have you. We have you. We have your spirit on the inside of us. We thank you, Father. Glory to your holy name. Listen, listen. There's some of you, I know there's no music here. Listen, when you're in the ER at 3 o'clock in the morning and everything is bad, there's no worship team there. Some of you need to get out of your seats, come up here, lift your hands, and thank him because right now there's no, there's no sheep in the stalls. Right now the olive trees aren't producing. Right now it looks like things are bad. But man, if you can't worship him now, the worship you're going to give him when everything is good is not going to mean anything. Somebody get out of your seat and come up here and worship him. Glory to God. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You're saying, Pastor, if you only knew what's going on in my life right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter what it looks like. We'll still rejoice. We'll still worship. We'll still, we'll still celebrate your goodness. We'll still have thanks on it. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, your goodness, Father. Your goodness, your goodness, your goodness. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We welcome you. We welcome your presence, God. We welcome your Holy Ghost. We welcome you. We welcome your goodness, Father. 
Hallelujah. 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 Say this with me. Say this with me. Say this with me. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Once again, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. 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 Over every area of my life. Don't look at me and try to measure me from the outside. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Turn to somebody and say, I'm blessed. You're blessed. We're blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, praise God. Praise God. Things just shifted. Some things just shifted. Some things just shifted. Some things just shifted. Some things just shifted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Starts in the spirit. Starts in the spirit. It starts in the spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your anointing, Father God, over every individual in this room tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you going to come back next week? You're going to come back. You better bring somebody who needs to hear this. You got any belly acres in your life? Get them over here. You got any people that always complain? I don't know where God is. I don't know where. Bring them to church. Amen? Amen. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. If not, God bless you. We'll see you next week.